Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, and I'd like to welcome you to a special five-part podcast series on the MTS, Foreign Corrupt Practices Act, Enforcement Action. In this podcast series, we're going to take a deep dive into the MTS uh, enforcement action, the people involved in it, and the individual prosecutions. But first, are you a lifelong learner like I am? Well, I am a huge aficionado of the Great Courses series. In history alone, there are over 224 courses, ranging from the history of the CIA to ancient Rome, ancient Greece, and everything in between. If you like learning and you like an audio or video format, The Great Courses is for you. You can listen at the gym, on your commute, or you can put it on your desktop and watch the video or watch the video at the gym on your uh, smartphone or other device. It's a great way to learn. It's a fun way to learn. They provide a PDF uh, detailed book with each course so you can take a deep dive into it. I really can't say enough good things about the Great Courses and the Great Courses series. I hope you'll check them out. You can find them at thegreatcourses.com. The Department of Justice and Securities and Exchange Commission recently announced a stunning resolution to one of the longest-running bribery, corruption, and money-laundering sagas on the international stage, that involving the ruling family in Uzbekistan and mobile telecom companies. The MTS settlement was the third of three FCPA settlements that paid Gulnara Karamova over $1 billion in bribes. The MTS settlement alone was for $850 million, which makes it number three on the all-time list. This podcast series will be an examination of the background facts of the case, a detailed review of the bribery schemes involved, the compliance failures of MTS and its actions during the investigation, which contributed to the size of the penalty, the individual prosecutions brought as a part of this action, and the key lessons learned for the compliance practitioner. In this episode one, I take a look at the background facts, the parties, the players, and the fine and the penalty. Episode two, the bribery schemes involved. Today, I want to take a look at the bribery schemes that Karamova used to extort the money from not only MTS, but really uh, all of the entities who were involved in the telecom industry in Uzbekistan. That includes Vimplecom and the Telia companies. First, we begin with an exploration of bribery through the purchases of entities controlled by Karamova. In the Uzdan Robita entity, here MTS desired to enter the Uzbeki telecom market, which it did in 2004 through the purchase of 74% of the Uzbekistan entity Uzdan Robita, which was 41% owned by the U.S. by a U.S. company who was not named, and 33% owned by Karamova. The remaining 26% was owned by a company, a shell company called Swissdorn, which was controlled by Karamova. MTS paid $100 million for Swissdorn's interest, yet only $12 million for the U.S. entity's interest. I think it's significant to note that not only was the U.S. entity not named, they were not uh, prosecuted in any manner in any of the uh, actions involving uh, either MTS or Karamova. 
This was the beginning of a long line of bribes paid by MTS to Karamova or companies she controlled or owned. A couple of years later, Swiss Dorn exercised a put call to mandate mandate MTS pay Swiss Dorn for its remaining 26% interest. That amount for this put call was inflated far above the fair market value of, of it to $250 million. But it didn't end there. In September of 2009, Uzdan Robita entered into an acquisition that would satisfy a portion of MTS's obligation to confer an additional $40 million benefit or bribe to Karamova. Uzdan Robita acquired 100% of the Uzbeki advertising company Kolorit, which Karamova controlled indirectly. There was no business justification for the acquisition as it was a non-core transaction for both Uzdan Robita and MTS because Kolorit had no telecommunications operations and MTS was not in the advertising business. Moreover, this transaction... Not only did this transaction have no business purpose, it was even antithetical to MTS. The DPA stated that on or about April 9, 2009, certain MTS management wrote uh, an executive at uh, Uzdon Robita stating that the Colorit transaction is a toxic one and I think we need to get the transaction to MTS's investment community. Uh, to top this off, the order stated $40 million for Colorit was substantially more than the $23 million valuation the company had that J.P. Morgan had prepared at MTS's request. So clearly this was a payment for a bribe. Of course, it didn't stop there as MTS had to pay bribes to obtain 4G licenses. The money, um, she was demanding additional monies to be paid to her and uh, Akhmedov advised the failure to make a $50 million bribe payment demanded by Karamova could lead to potential consequences, including the suspension of Uzdan Robita's licenses, operations, or the forced sale of it within Uzbekistan. According to the SEC's order to facilitate this bribe, another Karamova shell company, Tackalant and MTS, and an MTS subsidiary executed an agreement under which Tackalant's subsidiary would waive its rights to the frequency for the 4G licenses and return them to the Izbeki Telecom regulator. These uh, rights were then ceded over to Tackalant, who then sold them over to Uzdan Robita. So uh, bribery payments for the 4G licenses. Of course, it didn't stop there. As MTS uh, continued making bribery payments to Karamova, this time through donations to charities controlled by her. According to the SEC order, MTS made payments to charities uh, controlled or owned by her, and these payments were made in the expectation they were necessary to ensure her continued support for Uzdan Robita's business in Uzbekistan. The payments were falsely recorded in the company's books and records as advertising and non-operating expenses rather than as charitable donations. The payments also failed to comply with appropriate internal controls as they were not properly approved internally by either Uzdan Robita or MTS until after the payments were made. In other words, retroactive approvals. Never good under the FCPA. Finally, the donations were not memorialized in agreements with anti-corruption representation, language, or any other uh, required um, language. So uh, pretty clearly there were... uh, 
not only internal control overrides, internal control workarounds, but indeed uh, internal control failures, uh, both in the acquisition of Colorit and in the put call uh, bribe paid to Caramova. In the payments for 4G licenses, there's clearly fraud involved. And finally, in the payments for charitable donations going forward. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I hope you will join me for this special five-part exploration of the MTS FCPA settlement. If you'd like more detail on the uh, settlement, I did a five-part blog post last week, which is also up and available for your consideration. Also, I linked to all of the resolution documents, so you can really take a deep dive into this. It's a fascinating case. I hope you will join me for the entire series. I know you will learn a lot from it. This is Tom Fox, the Compliance Evangelist. This special five-part podcast series, the MTS Foreign Corrupt Practices Enforcement Action, is a presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.